0: hello everyone my name is taylor and i'm kelly and we are the co-hosts of jumping bomb audio the podcast all about joshi pro wrestling here on the voices of wrestling podcast network every other monday we are with you talking about the biggest news in joshi along with show reviews previews and much much more
1: So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got
2: something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio.
1: Hey, kids, do you like professional wrestling? Wow, we like professional wrestling, too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. I used to have a joke in my stand-up that went something like this. I was never cool enough to be offered drugs so I could say no. And our entire pre-show conversation was about stuff I had absolutely no clue about, Chris.
0: Yeah, right, and I'm apparently uh, so knowledgeable about the subject that I'm now uh, branching into it in my career. Yes, you're in sales, and it's legal. Legal uh, sales, <laughs> baby. Legal sales. Cannot uh, wait.
1: Music geekery out there. Uh, RIP to both the great Wayne Shorter and the last surviving member of the original Leonard Skynyrd, Gary Rossington, passing away this week at the age of 71. Perhaps the most misunderstood rock and roll band of all time, Leonard Skinner, in my opinion. I everybody ascribes them to the audience that listens to them rather than what they stood for and everything like that.
0: Uh, you know, uh, yeah, were... no, it's it's real interesting, right? Like it's like their catalog has also been sort of like reappropriated. By the fan base to mean things in some cases that they didn't necessarily intend for the songs to mean. I- oh, you
1: mean like "Give Me Back My Bullets"? Is it about actual bullets,
0: but it's about records? Yes, and song rights. Yep. Like <laughs> or even "Sweet Home Alabama" is not exactly. Oh, yeah. like, it's a That's much the most more- misunderstood song
1: of all time. I think
0: that and every breath you take would be right up there. <laughs> well, one's a positive and one's a negative. <laughs> Yeah, right. Every, yeah. every
1: breath you take is about a creep.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's about stalking. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah. Sweet Home
1: Alabama is about hey, we're fed up with this guy. Also.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like we didn't like Nixon. It like, and also this sort of like sense of like, it's how does one go about affecting change? It's like this interesting discussion in the second verse about like, well, what are we supposed to do to affect change? Yeah. And that's a that's a feeling I guess as I get older I like understand better. I want things to change, but I'm not exactly sure how. And then Neil Um, Young is a jerk, which
1: oddly enough, though, in Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, only the second biggest jerk in that group. Yeah. yeah. The late David Crosby having just recently uh, stopped taking calls. Yeah. Uh, So to wrestling. Let's get to wrestling. Why not? Because I don't want to rant on Wayne Shorter and how much I hate Birdland. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Although Nefertiti is a great Track with him yeah. and Miles Davis. If you haven't mm. listened to it, uh, music geekery, uh, check that out. Vince McMahon making his presence known backstage at, at this week's Monday Night Raw. Not, rumors are he was there to see John Cena. Uh, basically, from what uh, rumors and innuendo were, he was just kind of there to make his presence known and to get people talking that's that's how i took it but uh yeah chris any thoughts
0: I uh, i'm interested what the relationship between him and Cena is like given the fact that like one of the last things he did before he got ripped off of tv is bring out john cena specifically as like a human shield remember he introduced the 100 and oh that's right yeah like it, it's it's interesting that i i i would be interested to know how close they actually are in the wake of that. Well, let's, let, I mean, I want to go into that a little bit
1: further because it goes into also, in my opinion, his promo (laughs) this week, John Cena's
0: boy, that was a weird
1: promo because Cena has almost tried actively to position himself as the anti rock that rock went out and, uh, Basically, pissed all over what he did in WWE. Tried to, you know, separate himself from it because you know he wouldn't be the cool kid in the club. Whereas John Cena wanted to get the approval from Daddy the entire time, and it was, and it was, you know, hey, I'm going to do this all right. I'm going, I'm going to continue to prop up WWE while I'm doing these entertainment endeavors. And then Cena comes out. This is one of my notes in my Lazy River thing. He comes out and absolutely pulls a Dwayne Johnson in terms of his promo. Uh, Absolutely kills Austin Theory, in my opinion. I I don't understand how this promo got approved, to be honest with you, because...
0: Unless they're just done with Austin Theory. Like, yeah. You'll pardon
1: me, kids. I'm under the weather, so I'll be drinking a lot of tea. So if you're slurping, I apologize, but it's the only way I'll have a voice. Uh, But he basically said... Nobody cares about you if you win, and nobody cares about you if you lose. And that's no way to build up a match with people who are going to have to be there after you're gone. I'm I'm sorry. It's like you and have to... It was really
0: hanging the hat on the moment after Raw, so that Raw after WrestleMania he's still going to have to come out there and face these fans. And, like, unless Austin Theory delivers the promo of his life on that Monday Night Raw, the one that makes 2023 the year we start talking about Austin Theory in the same way that, like, you know, there was a year where we started talking about Randy Orton or whatever. If that doesn't happen on that Monday night after WrestleMania, and I don't think it will, Austin Theory is dead, 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 dead. Like, no coming back from this. I don't
1: even think Cena's right in that respect because I don't think the crowd after this year's WrestleMania is going to be the same raucous crowd that you used to get, say, a couple Dallases ago. ago. Uh, the one that I saw in New Orleans, the one that I saw in Orlando, where it's NXT is the hot, rabid brand. And so all those smarky fans are going to be coming in here and doing chants and throwing beach balls and and doing things. Most of their indie darling favorites that are at the events that would play around WrestleMania are now in AEW. And the ones that were in NXT are now in AEW or on the main roster. You're not gonna get that same brand of hardcore wrestling fan versus hardcore WWE fan, in my opinion. I think this crowd's gonna be a lot more
0: genteel. I, right, I agree, but I I don't think that really changes what Cena did there in okay. the sense that he now created like this is when the the report card is due, so to speak. Like we will have this inflection point the Monday night after Raw. Theory will flounder, and that'll I I mean effectively I don't see how he comes back from that. They've they've tried to boot this guy up so many different times. Yeah, they basically have said, you're worthless. Right. Unless (laughs) you could somehow redeem yourself. I mean, essentially, unless... And and I don't
1: think Austin Theory has it in him to cut a five-star promo on the next day where he just kills everybody and proves that he's the guy.
0: Even if he had complete control of his character and it was just sort of like, go out there, reinvent who Austin Theory is, and just let the world on fire for five minutes. Yeah. I I don't think he could... I don't think he could.
1: Yeah, he's not. I mean, Miz possibly could. MJF possibly could. I don't see Austin Theory being a guy that could. No. At all. No. No. Uh, Moving on. WWE currently in talks with gambling regulators in Indiana and Michigan to get them to legalize betting on major matches. They also attempted to do so in Colorado, but were turned down because Colorado has a law specifically banning wagering on events, predetermined outcomes, or where results are known before the contest, like award show. Now, this has been a time honored tradition, and we've plugged sponsors that have allowed gambling on wrestling, but those have mostly been overseas. And, you know, overseas in Indiana, you can bet on almost anything, really. <laughs> Indiana may have given us Mike Pence, but you can gamble on what time the sun comes up in Indiana. But no, but it, this is interesting because uh, WWE is also now assuring that they'll use like a like an accounting service like Ernst and Young to keep the uh to keep the results a secret until like an hour or so before the show starts which as a talent is interesting that you won't know who's <laughs> for match planning uh, you know m- most veterans are going to say no nah, that's that isn't a problem or whatever but i find that very interesting that now they're very concerned about results getting out when, if people had really wanted to, they could have just used overseas bookies. And I mean, I was sitting next to a guy at WrestleMania a few years back that was who had like an eight match parlay going so he could put a down payment on a house, and he was getting he's getting leaks from the back, but <laughs> he won. I was so upset I didn't go in on with him because I thought for sure somebody would change at the last minute, but uh, uh, Con Nick Con thinks that the uh thinks that the way to growth now with WWE is much like football in in terms of how gambling has uh gone hand in hand with, with both fantasy football and just in game betting and he wants to expand that to wrestling Chris
0: I think that betting on predetermined events is a terrible, terrible idea that like is inherently fraught in sort of any environment like the idea that like it, it's not generally allowed I think is a good and sound law that that is is built on good fundamentals and if WWE gets this I think this will be really great for employees of the company because they will almost certainly find ways to make money off of this <laughs> I
1: don't know. I don't know. I mean, is this one of those things where if you could have been making money off of it, wouldn't you have been already? I mean, who's to say
0: they aren't. No, that's what I'm saying too. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. No, I, I mean, I, you know, it's just, it's like more opportunities to do so, I suppose. Um, but yeah, like, like I, uh, I think that this, like, on the fundamentals, like, if you were coming to Judge Novembrino here, I'd be like, this is a terrible idea. We're not doing this. Uh, I mean, here's, it,
1: here's the thing, Chris. I mean, we we watch the program week to week, and we almost nail it every time in terms of winners and losers. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's not like it's not like it's that hard to figure out what the ending is going to be based on the television. No, no, we're, we're,
0: attention. where an insider can make the money is on the surprise finish. Yes. And if you do one surprise finish per show, you essentially now have the bonus match. Let's call it. So,
1: so start, uh, so start cultivating those backstage relationship, kids, and you too can get rich off of professional wrestling.
0: Man, uh, and I don't even have to take a bump.
1: <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Personnel moves. That that's the word, Hawkins. I'm doped up on cold syrup, kids. I can't help it. Uh, Alexa Bliss, uh, the wrestling, the wrestling observer today reported that Alexa Bliss is on another WWE hiatus for a while. And uh, Lexi Kaufman, about an hour ago, tweets out, well, that's news to me. They know where to find me if they need me. I I like Lexi Kaufman a lot. And it, it's mostly based on her not needing any of this. She has great friends. She's always been somebody loyal to her friends in Columbus and stuff. She's married to a B-level celebrity. She's living the life. She has friends. She goes to Hollywood parties and everything. And she also has a chip on her shoulder about how she should be treated. And she doesn't need any of this. And that's why I like her a lot, Chris. I, I, you know, she's never been one of my favorite wrestlers, but she's never been one of my not favorite wrestlers either. Uh, I I like her a lot, but uh, I could see her not being long for this company.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, and AEW, like she would be of use to them. Uh, she she is an interesting personality. I don't think she. I mean, don't, certainly don't think she's been fully utilized during her run. I'm with you. Not the best wrestler, but not the worst. Not like not not, not bad at all. She does not
1: I, offend my sensibilities. Yeah, I I
0: her. I would say I would say she's like good. Maybe even like the word I might use is like steady or something. Like like yeah, like she she's. I mean, you know, although like her, her big issue sometimes is sometimes the inconsistency on the high spots.
1: Yeah, but she's yeah. always been professionally driven as well, and she's always had a little bit of a chip on her shoulder because of the horse women and that she was not included when people talked about all that.
0: Right, right. No, um, and it, 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 they just haven't really been doing much with her. No, um, and, and, and I was they've had no her to idea. be part
1: of this Uncle Howdy Bray Wyatt thing, and then that just went nowhere.
0: The, the, dude, this has been the most half acid attempt at Bray Wyatt to date. Th- this particular pass at Bray Wyatt is the most uninspired it's ever been. They showed up with that whole Alice in Wonderland gimmick like when he first re- re-debuted. Then Alexa Bliss was somehow going to be involved in this and like none of that's come to pass. Now it's just like some dude named Uncle Howdy. That's what we're building to. And Saree, who hasn't wrestled in NXT since August 2nd,
1: losing to Mandy Rose, is leaving after her two-year contract has expired. She'll hold a press conference in Japan on March 13th, according to Tokyo Sports, and return for a show on May 16th in Shinjuku Face under her prior spelling of Saree. S-A-R-R-E-E. Or I guess they say it's Saree in the same way. Uh, This has been a waste of time. I I love her. She's great. She was really good. I know, um, but they this, did nothing with her. They
0: did nothing with her. They they didn't. They just didn't even bother. Uh, like, what what a what a waste. Shoes. Was yeah, a, they decided. Oh, we're
1: gonna make her Japanese schoolgirl with uh superpowers or whatever.
0: God, that final character was. So they just bad. they just don't that know. Yeah. They
1: they don't. I mean, look, Oscar is one of those people who rose above stupid booking. But they also just said, Asuka, go out there and do crazy stuff," and she just went out there and be crazy. And, and she looks cool.
0: And it, yeah, I mean, even even at long last, it's like she rose above crazy or uh, bad booking because she has a characters that's just like so like ineffably cool that you can't deny it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but but oh, she doesn't. She doesn't
1: speak English. We can't figure out what to do with her. You yeah. know, they're kind of having the same problem with uh, uh, Giovanna the Bernio. Uh the the uh oh the secretary. Yes, the secretary, yeah. Secretary, because that's all she's gonna be for right now until she can speak better English, I think. Uh yeah, so uh actually, dude, gimme Soray versus uh Mercedes. I am here for that. If if they can find a way to do that match somewhere sometime. But yeah, no, she she's very, very good. Uh that'll do it for the news segment. uh, Now to the Lazy River of professional wrestling commentary. Whatever we watched, whatever's on our mind, whatever we're thinking about. Um, Chris, I'm going to ask this question because it was brought up by by a member of uh, Voices of Wrestling Suit Williams. Mm. Is the acting as bad in the Bloodline storyline as in the entire Young Bucks, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega story? Because Suits' opinion was they're the same thing. And I beg to differ a little bit. I, I think overall he might have a point that it's bad acting in both in terms of, you know, scenery chewing. But I found a lot of the Bloodline a little bit more compelling, to be honest with you. And they've actually had some good fun moments in the Bloodline storyline, like
0: the Feeling Usy promo that right. broke everybody. Right. Okay. So So... Let let me ask or answer this question with a question. Okay. What's the difference between Matt Jackson's character and Nick Jackson's character? We've had three and a half years of characterization around these guys. They've been executive vice presidents with a lot of creative control. Um, and, and surely during that Hangman Adam Page uh, program, there would have been some sort of memorable, defining difference between the two brothers. One has back problems and the other doesn't. You're, uh, <laughs> right. Right. So like, like let's, let's stop right there. Jimmy and Jay have clear defined characters. Like you, one of the big things that this program has done, I think in a, in a clear way, never to sort of be undone is now everyone knows the difference between Jimmy Uso and Jay Uso. Um, you know, I could forgive somebody for still not knowing who, which one's Matt and which one's Nick. Yes. character-wise, they're basically the same. Character-wise, they're the same. You are correct on that. Yeah, yeah, and so like that right there, for starters, m- means that there is actually better writing and better acting on the WWE storyline as compared to the AEW storyline. Never mind the fact yes, we don't know how this bloodline storyline is going to end quite yet. Um, although we're starting to see what like the final act is going to look like and everything. It looks like
1: it's going to go according to plan.
0: Yeah, right, right. It'll be Cody and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, like hopefully standing tall at the end of night too. Something like that, right? Um, I think that's much more narratively sad. Let's assume that that's the finish. That's much more narratively satisfying than when the Young Bucks came out and basically gave – hangman Adam page, the heavyweight title by not interceding on behalf of Kenny Omega. Like that wasn't, I, I guess your mileage can vary, but for me, that was a very unearned moment that didn't actually help hangman Adam page, especially when we look at it in hindsight.
1: Yeah. I, I think suits issue is a lot like the, the camera angles and things like that too. I think, uh, you know, you get the hangdog eyes from, uh, from the Jacksons. Oh, go ahead. Hangman. Go ahead and lariat him.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. The Jacksons, as in two of them simultaneously with no character distinction between yeah. the two of them. As um, that moment happens.
1: So we had a AEW revolution. Ice cold takes, because all the hot takes have been taken. Overall, I thought, at least as a pay-per-view, this was... One of the more watchable ones for me. Was it a great pay-per-view? I wouldn't go that far. But I was never bored. I was never, God, when is this match going to end? That I will sometimes win. And this is also possibly due to personal predilections. The Bucks are on a top match, and it's gone 10 or 15 minutes longer than it should have. Uh the women's match was a little weak. The, uh, Wardlow Samoa Joe match was to quote the Simpsons cromulent, but everything else I thought was very, very good. I loved the MJF Daniel Bryanson match. I did. Uh, I, you know, God bless MJF for wearing white (laughs) for 60 minutes of, uh, of hard work because things go wrong, but, uh, I, I really, you know, for an Iron Man match, that was uh that it never lost my attention. And sometimes these Iron Man matches that go this long in our time of short attention spans can uh can make us lose it. But uh, no, let, let me get your thoughts, Chris. It might uh, trigger something in me uh, about Revolution.
0: So um from the top line here, I thought this was a pretty strong AEW show. Uh, I mean, I, I'm with you. It wasn't. It wasn't all home runs, but I think the I was never bored is sort of correct. I mean, other than like Jericho and Starks just didn't really have me, you know, I I wasn't really locked into that. But like Cage and Perry over delivered for me. Um, The elite in the House of Black, you know, perfectly fine match. Um, It's an elite match. It is what it is. Um, The Women's match. I'm with you. Weak. I... Seraya's really been a disappointment. Yes, like, <laughs> I I'm just gonna put it that way. Like, like I, I her her return has been extraordinarily underwhelming. Um, and then I you know I Wardlow and Samoa Joe. I mean, we'll talk more about Wardlow. I, what are they doing with this guy? Uh, I, I I don't. I feel like these programs are just not helping him. Um, and um, yeah, even though he won that match just to lose it the next night and then let's get to the main event here. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a really great main event. Like uh, the, everything up to the finish of regulation was stellar. Um, it was like for me where the match fell apart was in that final five minutes um, I, I thought that the sensibilities of this were really flawed. Specifically, our Lord and Savior Tony Khan is not going to let uh, an injustice like this at the end of the match, a, a draw finish, you see. Uh, he will not let a draw finish stand, even though it's stood in other places. Tony Khan is watching this match, he cares about this match. He gets on the phone with Tony Schiavone. Shivani marches down to the ring and says, We are going to have a clear and fair and decisive finish. And the match restarts, at which point MJF starts cheating and Tony Khan has apparently stopped watching the television.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good criticism, Chris. Keep going.
0: So, the problem here, like, I mean, like, you know, again, like if we're thinking about fairness, how is Tony Khan not watching the television. I mean, if Tony Khan cares about fairness, what about MJF tapping out a second after the end of the bell? Like, how is, how would not counting that as a submission be unfair or counting that as a submission be unfair, but MJF can hit Brian Danielson in the head with a oxygen tank um, on camera and then Khan doesn't say has nothing to say about that either during the pay per view or after the fact.
1: Well, you know who else who had nothing to say about that after the fact? Brian Danielson in that promo on on Dynamite. That's the right. only sour note I had about his promo is that he never addressed the fact that he made MJF it seem had like to use like MJF- oxygen tank to to.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. He didn't win the match legitimately. He right. had to cheat to win at the end. Yes. He didn't prove his point to Brian Danielson. If anything, Brian Danielson proved his point at the end of regulation. And it's only because of, like, essentially poor management at the company that Danielson didn't get a fair shake in the overtime that was contrived up.
1: Yeah, that... uh
0: not, that I want, it I want that to way. be really clear. It's a, it was a very, like, if you are watching this match until the end of regulation, it is a wonderful hour. Um, It's one of the best MJF matches. Uh, I thought Danielson o- over-delivered. Uh, I know I only like one wrestler, and there's only one good wrestler in professional wrestling right now. His name, of course, is Sami Zayn. But if I was going to include others who might one day be good, <laughs> I would toss in... Brian Danielson, I see a lot of potential in him. And also MJF. Seems like that kid's got a little something something.
1: Uh a couple Almost other matches. Yeah, a couple other matches we didn't hit on. Um I thought the tag team match did over deliver. It wasn't a great match, but it didn't have to be because he had FTR coming out afterwards to do the beatdown. But Jared and Lethal are just my favorite team to watch.
0: And uh, yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. The acclaim seemed really stupid, though, on Dynamite when they're like, "We're beginning our quest to get back the tag team titles." I'm like, "You dipshits!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you you morons, you <laughs> morons, <laughs> you absolute dopes! <laughs> like, Jesus, what are you doing? Right,
1: like it. It just you sounds, agreed to the four way. You it stupid sounds so idiot!
4: Stupid. <laughs>
1: when you put it like that, Chris, it, it becomes far more clear to me. Because here I am trying to do some highfalutin kind of analysis.
0: You go, they're morons. <laughs> they, they just... They think so stupid as characters sometimes. Yes. It's <laughs> its unforgivable. Like, 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 babyface
1: it, it, syndrome is, is true and it's rampant and there needs to be a drug for it. Because and, and once you reason, turn babyface, you become a moron.
0: Have I mentioned that these shows are predetermined? And that's part of the reason why this is all so egregious. No one's forcing you. Khan yeah. makes a last second call at the finish of regulation finish. Yeah. You could have just finished the match in regulation.
1: Yeah, and you're you're just tied and he gets the he gets the title.
0: He, yeah. You just have MJF <laughs> cheat yeah, you have MJF cheat in regulation and then you don't have any of these problems. Or you just leave it
1: as a tie and there is no winner. Yeah.
0: But like although, Daniel- although
1: people would go ape for that one. 3-3. Three, three. What do you mean? No. We said it was a 60-man Iron Man match. It was a tie. Was and, a-
0: and that means MJF retains. That means MJF and, retains. Yes. And, and he'll always talk about how he went the distance against Danielson. Yes. And, and, and like that, that is perfect heel ball There
1: game. we go. That, that,
0: Chris, you and I just booked a better ending to that match. It's so much cleaner, right? Like yeah. and then and now Danielson has to get his rematch and eventually you can have a blow off, but like you can have like that that's the way out of this. Yes, like- and
1: then he goes, see, I won the match. No, you didn't. You only tied him. You didn't beat him. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Rules of the match. Yeah. Danielson didn't win the title at the pay-per-view. Uh one, one last thing, because this is the most controversial take. Uh I have people that uh said it was a good match, but they didn't enjoy watching it. Uh, shout out to my other broadcast partner, Paul Ace Fontaine, over on the Dynamite Show on Fight Game. Really, and that was the uh, Texas Death Match.
0: Oh, oh, a uh, hangman hey and Moxley. Yes. Um. Yeah. I. You know, Mox has been a bit of a one note song for me as of late. You know what? He
1: uh, Paul feels the same way. Paul thinks he just wants to be a combat zone wrestler in a major company.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it. I, I was. I actually had a fun experience this week um, at my uh, local pub um, where I was playing pool and I, with these guys, I didn't really know. All of a sudden they started talking about AEW and WWE and stuff. And like, <laughs> did you say, were... Hey, I do
1: a podcast.
0: No, no, no. I, I instead went like uh Jane Goodall uh, gorillas in the mist here. And I, <laughs> like, like, I, I instead was like, all right, I must, I must absorb all. I must information.
1: see these people in their natural <laughs> habitat.
0: No, dude. One of these guys, it's like, very close to an it's still real to me, damn it, oh, sort of guy. Oh, those are the best. I love those So guys. I had to, like, I did eventually get into the conversation, but I had to, like, get into the convo kayfabe. So, like, I made that whole Tony Khan point I just made, like, a few moments ago, only, like, within the context of, like, thinking about the AEW universe as a fully narratively co- consistent universe that makes a lot of sense from week to week. I was doing some work out there. I was doing some work for Well, the what was the results? You got me on my edge of my seat. So, like, one of the things that they were talking about is like they, they got into like Reigns, um, Moxley, and Rollins, and oh, you had a who's the best Shield member? Essentially, essentially, like, and like more. It was more between like Rollins and Moxley, and like it's real interesting because both their careers have taken like kind of like interesting trajectories um if, if not necessarily optimal ones um and, and it, it just got me thinking a lot about like okay moxie's been invaluable to aew as a character and i think he was like the most valuable world champion he, he really was clutch for them when they needed him um but like now he's really settling into this sort of very boring match style whereas rowans is kind of the opposite He's still having pretty good matches sneakily, but his character sucks. His character sucks. It's it's like, it's, it's like awful. Uh, Like it's, it's, it's just the dog's balls, Um, but the matches (laughs) are still good. And, and I, I, I've I've been trying to figure out which of the two I think is better. Yeah, I don't know. Right. It's tricky as Moxley comes out there, he's cutting the promos of his lives. And then he's going out there and having like the two mat two move match. Rollins, exact opposite. And it's actually like, it's yeah. weird to be.
1: Seth and Becky are having a contest. Who can wear the dumbest stuff out on on camera?
0: Right. I mean, Rollins' character basically is, I wear stupid shit now.
1: Yeah, he, he, you know what he is? He's Elton John on The Muppet Show. Ha! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no. What kind of garish costume
1: can I wear on this thing?
0: Dude, I'm, that's gonna be like like the Harpo Marx Tony Khan thing we were talking about before the show. <laughs> like now I'm not gonna be able to unsee that.
1: All right, but but let's go for positive here because I'll, I'll start on on this lazy river. Uh, I thought Dynamite had some of the best promos I've seen in AEW. I thought MJF got the promo of his career because it was focused and it didn't line step to his usual trolling comedy he loved the belt he loved having the title he did what he wanted to do the the video editing was genius when he says, you know hey i beat you at your own game of wrestling or whatever when he's hitting him with the aforementioned oxygen tank i thought you know for a you fans did this to me promo i thought ruby riot had the promo of her life out there because she was in total narrative control the entire time and everything she said made sense when Excalibur came back and said, well, I think that's some selective history. Nope. Ruby was exactly correct in everything she said in her promo. And I would go so far as to actually make her the focus now, as opposed to Soraya in this, in this threesome of outsiders. I don't like the program all that much, but I think Ruby Ryan is a, is a much better narrative focus than Soraya is right now. I thought Wardlow had a nice, short, babyface promo before they absolutely... Uh, he didn't do the Wardlow's world crap. He wasn't trying to be sports entertainment Wardlow. He just went out there and cut a... FTR cut a good promo. Brian Danielson cut a good promo, with the exception that he didn't bring up the fact that he was cheated out of the match, which drove me a little nuts. But overall... Speaking, I loved the promos on this dynamite. Now, the only thing I really hated on the dynamite was the end. Uh, who cares about QT Marshall? Because he wasn't packaged any differently. He uh, This QTV thing is bad. I like QT Marshall. I think QT Marshall provides an invaluable service as a mid-card heel slash... Uh,
0: uh, how, how put it? He has a place in the ecosystem. Yes, he Absolutely. is. He is
1: a gatekeeper of heels, and that's what he should be. Uh, he is not a narrative threat to anybody in the upper tier of AEW. Nor should nor he will, be. Nor, well, I mean, even as a manager, the uh, the factory are a bunch of dopes. They're red shirts. They're <laughs> they're they're the third sports entertainment stable in a company of three 300- hundred. Why is why are you putting Hobbs in there? And uh, your point, uh, which I'll let you bring up as well, about the Hobbs promos in relation to this.
0: So, I mean, if we go back and watch some of these Hob video vignettes from previous weeks, uh, they have been let's be fair and say somewhat murky and ambiguous, but generally trending to a baby face sort of presentation. It has been not quite the Hobbs grew up in a box sort of narrative, but we've been going back to (laughs) Hobbs's streets roots, talking about how he came up from the streets. These are all things that you talk about with a baby face. Yes. And for him to turn heel on, this should have just been a Haas match. Um, it should have been, in my opinion, honestly, a non-decisive Haas match. Like, it, you could have absolutely ended this show in a schmoz. Um, but, like, this should have just been, you know, the the movable force meeting the uh, irresistible object or the other way around. Yeah. yeah Big yeah.
1: meaty men slapping meat.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, this didn't... I didn't need this to be conclusive. I think this is bad. One, because you just randomly turned Hobbs yet again. Two, because... Wardlow has now, like, won and lost this particular title so many times that it means nothing for him anymore. And it has done nothing for him. It made him winning the feud against Samoa Joe pointless. If you beat someone and then drop the belt the next night, you know what you are? You're James Buster Douglas. Yeah. Nobody cares. They don't care that you were the world champion. They look at you as a guy who couldn't really do it. And, you know, it it irks me that I feel like they're moving the wrong way with Wardlow. And if they were moving the right way with him, he is one of the few people that this company has who would make a good, credible threat to MJF right now. Yeah, That to me remains like the, the big open question. Who ultimately can really do this? Orange Cassidy had another nice match this week. I'm definitely you know, keeping on the Orange Cassidy opener ra- radar. He keeps delivering. I love him in this opening slot. Like I, I, I'm loving a lot of the new stuff. That I he's am doing. actually
1: jazzed for this uh, Jeff Jarrett match.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like Orange Cassidy. Oh,
1: and can I bring this up also while we're on no.
0: this? No, uh, you got to keep it to no, yourself. Me, Stick it in your pocket.
1: No, the Jay Lethal finish was clever. I loved it. The uh, where, where Lethal's arm gives out mm-hmm. on the... Uh, On the lethal injection, I I thought that was—I thought that was a brilliant end to this to this match.
0: I—I mean, lethal for his part also has been. Yes, I I know. We 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 talk always about like that. that entire
1: stable is. I
0: yeah no, but like yeah, Jay Lethal is great. Um, I I like that. Orange Cassidy is an interesting guy for ultimately to challenge MJF. Wardlow should be in that conversation. There's a lot of narrative. Meet there. Do you think
1: that there's some WWE thinking going on here where it's like, well, we screwed Wardlow out of this title, but now that the title's off of him, we can push him? And
0: that rarely works. It rarely works. And I I mean, the worst part about it is just Wardlow's been absent. It, It seems to me like Wardlow's character should sort of be like a lifelong thorn in MJF's side. Yes. And, and So This like, should be he, a
1: lingering, I yes. hate you for this type I, I, of and, thing. And
0: so he runs out and he'll, help, like, whoever MJF's opponent of the month is, one person you might count on to make the save would be Wardlow because Wardlow just effing hates MJF. And, like, not having him, especially since you're turning Blackpool Combat Club heel, apparently, too, not having him out there helping Danielson makes it harder to bring Wardlow back in again. You know, yeah. it, this it, it's like what you said last week about how the ending should be seeded in the beginning. I think that that's that's really a strong writing move in a lot of these cases. And I, one of the things that I feel like they're missing the boat with is seeding what these endings are going to be a little bit better.
1: Yeah. And that's all. I mean, that's the first thing you're taught in, in a screenplay class or a, or a story class is that your ending is always in the beginning. Um Chris, I'm gonna make a narr- I'm gonna make a statement. It's gonna be a strong statement. It's gonna get a lot of uh get a lot of slacks and discords upset with me. Logan Paul is better than your favorite wrestler. He is really good at this, guys. That promo on Monday. Absolutely fantastic stuff from Logan Paul. Oh, yeah, now he finally gets that
0: people don't like him.
1: Well, he, well see, I think he gets that people don't like him, but he's finally allowed to say that people don't like him uh, because that was just bad casting. But in terms of cutting, look, stadium promos to me are, or arena promos to me are tough because because of the amount of crowd noise, because of how the microphone carries. You're not really doing a one-on-one promo at times, but you are at the same time. He held the audience. He nailed his lines. He didn't stammer or stutter. He was absolutely great in this in this one on one with Seth Rollins and 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 the Miz. I, I thought I, he he is. There are guys in the back who who should be watching this in Gorilla and going, I need to work on my promos so I can be like that. That's how good he
0: was in this. Look, he's really—I—he's I, a horrible guy. He's a terrible human being. He's a horrible guy. Like, like he—he he is a grifter. Like, like with multiple well-documented cons, taking people's hard-earned money. You could say they're suckers or whatever, but like, he—he—he he, he is absolutely a scamster. That little play this video game and hatch these pets thing to make—he's a
1: cardi. Yeah,
0: but but that makes him perfect for this. world. Yes. It makes him perfect for this world. And, I mean, he is someone who has authentic, true, hateable heat that presented... I mean, it's done right. It's lightning in a bottle. I I don't know. I don't trust that they're going to go that well with it. Man, if Seth Rollins started calling him out, like, hardcore for, like, the phony that he is, like, I mean, I I just don't know that he's going to show that much ass, but, like, if Seth Rollins actually had the gloves off, that would be fantastic. If he
1: had Jeff Jarrett's willingness to take personal shots.
0: Yeah. He'd be
1: great. Because <laughs> Jeff Jarrett will let you say anything about him pretty much. It's like, eh, whatever you say on screen, it's not me in real life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so to speak. Uh
0: your turn, sir. Hmm. Okay. I guess let us let's talk about raw. Uh, Let's talk about uh the J Uso moment here. I like, you know, we we're talking earlier about acting. I loved the, I mean, you knew what was going to happen in this J Uso scene. Just because I, it's
1: predictable. Doesn't make it bad.
0: What a great piece of business. And like, yeah. I, I mean, the thing for me at the end of this bloodline, when we talked about it earlier at the end of this bloodline storyline there are going to be a lot of really memorable scenes that I'm going to be able to recall along the way here. Once Zane got involved in the story and like really made they, they, this Zayn story in particular. And that to me is just like the hallmark of this. And, and now it makes the money after WrestleMania, the reconciliation between Sami Zayn and Jay Uso. And that could be like a blood feud that goes all the way to SummerSlam, Like, I I mean, you could do so many different things with Jay at this point. Now, at some point, they have to reconcile. But, I mean, before then, Jay could absolutely lose his mind after the bloodline falls apart and like just hate Sammy at like a whole new level, and it like just ignites this feud going into Extreme Rules and stuff that could be just dynamite.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm still seeing some complaints online that Cody is gonna not do. online. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, You know, that Cody is getting to swoop in here and take Sammy's heat. It's stupid. And I'm here to tell people that uh, you don't know your tropes in that case. And and, and our friend Trevor Dame, who does like a a through the years uh, THROH podcast, was talking about, uh, you know, comparing Spider-Man and the Green Goblin and all this, you know, all this other stuff. I'm like, well, no, that's that's the wrong trope here. Because in that story, Spider-Man was never robbing banks with the Green Goblin and high-fiving before turning on him. This is a Western that we're telling here right now. And Sami Zayn is the guy who's part of the bad guy crew who goes, oh, I think they've taken it a bit too far and I can't ride with them anymore. And he goes to the good guys to say, hey, I want to help you here. Those guys aren't the heroes of the story. Those are the guys who have to sacrifice themselves uh, to get redemption, so to speak, because because the, the the good guys don't trust him and he can't go back to the bad guys. So he has nothing else but his honor to live for. He is he is going to be you know for lack of a better term the Christ figure. He's gonna be the sacrificial lamb here. He is going Sami Zayn is the sacrifice to then help Cody Rhodes overcome the bloodline. And that's the story we're telling here, guys. And the story isn't that Sammy turns out to be the hero because Sammy did turn on everybody to be part of the Bloodline. Sammy did turn on Kevin Owens for to reasons that still
0: aren't entirely clear.
1: Yes, well, they they were clear, but you know, now now it's not so murky. Why he? <laughs> I mean, if we really wanted to go brass tacks, and maybe we should for a second. He absolutely destroyed Kevin Owens to win that
0: war games. And no, it was I say, great. I'm saying that there wasn't a clear motivation for why Sammy did it. Oh, for why Sammy joined the bloodline in the first place. Right. Yeah. Nowhere
1: to go. That, that's what it was. It was right. Ryan yeah. It was essentially,
0: essentially it. But like, yeah, I mean, like that's also you know what I mean? Like that's also like not really true, but you know.
1: But at the same time, I mean, that's also a Western trope is like these these drifter kids who have nowhere to go. They end up joining this outlaw gang and they end up doing bad things that, you know. Uh, But, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like everybody has made. I mean, it's another one of those things where it's like just because a guy turns doesn't make him a good person. And I think that the the whole Kevin part of this story has been played perfectly, too, because Kevin Owens still wants nothing to do with Sami Zayn. And we're going to have to convince him somehow. And Sammy's probably going to have to die to do that, too.
0: (laughs) Now you're kind of selling me on the money in night one would be Sammy and Kevin have the tag match against the Usos, and they lose, but Sammy proves to Kevin that he's his friend by getting just murder death by the Usos.
1: Oh, I don't think they can lose. I don't think you no, can do that. No, you're
0: so I was just saying, you're selling me on this being very narratively satisfying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, I like, mean,
0: that what Zane, Zane ultimately has to redeem his character.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's going to come on night too when Zane and, and Kevin come out and prevent, uh, prevent these shenanigans from, from the Usos and, and Solo,
0: uh, so that Cody can get the win. I'd I, love to see them bring in Drew or something too. To help, like, really, kind of make this like a full Avengers thing, where you have like the baby faces all kind of banding together to strike the final blow here.
1: Yeah, and you know what I want? I, you know what I want at the end of night two? Something old school as hell, but I I miss it. I want baby faces put, putting putting uh, putting them on the shoulders. Yep, or beating the bloodline. That that's all I want, really.
0: Yeah, no, I I I, I want especially if you're going to end the bloodline story, right? Like, in, we're assuming re- Mania is the end. Monday Night Raw, that first hour, has to be the celebration of defeating the bloodline. Like, it's just Cody, Sammy, Kevin, uh, and whoever else, you know, out there. They have, like, a, you know, post-bloodline celebration or whatever. Um, and then, you know, maybe... Uh, like, <laughs> that's when you debut Psycho J. Uso. That that's what I would do. <laughs> I, I I I want I wanna break him crazy now. I I, I I wanna I wanna make him I wanna make him nuts at this point.
1: I mean, I still think the money would have been in Sammy and Jay somehow reconciling and bringing that but we can't go there now. That's
0: it still impossible. ultimately is, but that's gonna be like the fault like that's what Sammy's business is post WrestleMania. Is yeah. that like him him and Jay still have to I think they're still good best. in him. He goes
1: to try and save Jay from the bloodline. who Because that's what it is. Jay blows this for everybody. And the wrath of the bloodline comes on to Jay and Sammy wants to save him. And everybody's saying, you're stupid. He just turned on you. No, I still think there's good in Jay. Hey, that'd be kind of interesting, but I don't
0: know. Uh, no, I mean, you're right. There, there's, a, there's a number of interesting ways to go. I mean, you know, Jay they pick will...
1: none of them. <laughs> go, yeah, hey. I know, I know. Let's do Carry Cross.
0: <laughs> but I just wanted to say, like, I I really enjoyed the Jey Uso moment. He's he's just really shined for me throughout this whole storyline. Like with with his his character work, it's just very strong. Like he is a he is a he's good at the facials too.
1: I think they're gonna redeem damage control at WrestleMania. The plan right now, it appears, is that Trish Strass will turn heel sometime and go after Becky. And I think it's gonna happen at this six woman tag. I think this setup is terrible, don't get me wrong. Uh, and I love everybody involved, maybe with the exception of Lita. Lita's never been my thing. Uh, but I'm happy they're kind of uh they're kind of giving Bailey, a little bit of an elevated platform as opposed to just forgetting about her. But, uh, you know, do, do, do you have any opposing thoughts on this to me?
0: I mean, I just think that the writing around Tris has just been so... Un- everything around damage control and Becky Lynch has been so un- yeah. uninspired. It's, it's, it's
1: not inspiring. And then it's just, hey, it's time to bring back the legends for their one, one uh, match a year. Etc. And maybe a second one in Saudi Arabia,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I-, I got nothing else for Raw because there was a lot of bad on this Raw. To be honest with you,
0: yeah, uh, I... we're
1: bearing Gargano on the mic, even though he won. Oh, let's talk about NXT then. I'm calling Chad Gable
0: small. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So, Shawn Michaels. Came out and <laughs> further walloped on our boy Grayson Waller. Uh, I, I, never have they had someone who clearly has something that they're so hell bent on making sure turns into nothing as Grayson Waller. It's it's quite the thing to behold. You and, know what's funny is we all thought he'd
1: surpass Austin Theory and he's becoming Austin Theory. And it's it's not his fault.
0: No. No, it's it's not his fault. He he's a good character. He's he's way more I he's just a way better prick than Austin Theory is. Yeah. it is it, more more
1: just... con- he's more in control of his prick character than uh, Austin Theory has the uh aura of he he's a prick but he doesn't really know why people don't like him.
0: Grayson yeah. Waller knows exactly why people don't like him. And he likes that people don't like. Yes, exactly. He revels it. in it a bit. Yeah. No, I. They're they're really missing the boat with this guy, and Shawn Michaels doing that ridiculous promo, uh, where he's talking about like how valuable him coming back and doing one more match would be, and how everyone yearns to see him, getting the crowd revved up for this, only to then pull the plug. On that, and bring in Johnny Gargano, hot off of his killer appearance on Monday Night Raw, uh, <laughs> white hot, never hotter. Johnny was uh, as he stepped back into NXT, and now Waller's going up against Gargano, and it's like whatever. Uh, it not only are we not getting the Grayson Waller versus Shawn Michaels match, which has again, if I'm booking this company, Grayson Waller beats Shawn Michaels, but like. He also like beats him badly. Like, like it's it's like it it makes people uncomfortable a little bit. Not like that we make him bloody or whatever, but you know, wow. like, he, like ta- no, I don't. I, oh yeah, no, I'm put I'm putting Waller over, dude. I I Strong? I'm I, yeah. Like I'm no having cheating. I, he cheats, but he like chokes out like Michaels or something. You know what I mean? Like like okay. he he fades he fades Michaels. Michaels is unconscious. Oh, I thought there. you meant Gargano. Never mind. <laughs> I'd have him do that, I, dude. I. I'd have him do that with Gargano too. Okay, I mean, but again, it's like, what is the point of Johnny Gargano in NXT? There isn't any, so it's like, you know, what do I care? I like Johnny. I'm not like saying, you know, who cares right. about Johnny Gargano? But like, it's like, it's like, who cares about Dolph Ziggler in NXT? Beat him, beat him yeah. badly. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh,
1: Chris, the the the, the li- lineage—that's the word I'm looking for—of Phony relations in wrestling is a time honored tradition from the Andersons and Flair to Von Eric cousins to you name it, to even Arn Anderson being an Anderson, which he wasn't. How is Braun Breaker not a Steiner, and how are the Creeds not Steiner cousins in any way?
0: Because I love this six man. Oh my god! Don't those three guys have absolute chemistry? That team are meatheads on a warpath, and I love them. I love them. I know. I the those three guys. You see them together. I want like...
1: Kevin Sullivan coming in as the taskmaster and bringing back the varsity club. That's how good I love them.
0: bring the, like, that is a babyface faction you can absolutely bring up to WWE, and those guys are great. That that high spot that they did, like, watching three guys that size fly and have it look that sharp was really something. Like, that made my eyes pop in, in a way that they don't often because it's like, so often when I'm watching wrestling, stuff is happening within a realm of expectations. I was not expecting that from those three. Like, that, that really caught me by surprise. Was like, damn, dude. If WWE doesn't realize what they have with the Creeds, and Breaker, too, uh, but, but especially the Creeds, like, man, they, they don't get it. Rick's guys... son's
1: doing things, and now Scott's son has, uh, has committed to uh, play basketball at Virginia Tech. Couldn't get a real school. Uh, Look <laughs> at that digging. in. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love this. Th- these three. Uh, see, I wanted them to step up. When, when they did the cut to commercial, I was expecting them to be on that pedestal and, and barking. All three of them. Just barking like like the uh, dog-faced gremlin. That was a missed opportunity to me in terms of, you know, there you go. There's your brand right there. Uh, in terms of NXT... I'm going to say this and uh people are going to think I'm nuts. I'm all in on Thea Hale. She is fantastic. The way they explained her blowing that match with Chase U. <laughs> and and Chase and not Chase going, "No, you you pull through that that the, the Tyler bait breathing stuff worked." Mm. I died at that. I'm like that is such a good character. Look, Duke Hudson, middle manager, is, is is terrible. But this is the character he should Well, oh, you guys are a bunch of losers. You know, like he's a winner or something like that. Okay, fine. Go away. Break off. We'll have this little thing. But Andre Chase limping and still being proud of his student overcoming her fears, even though those fears <laughs> blew the match for him. I went That is a little genius piece of storytelling right there, and I I loved it. I did. Uh, what other stories? Oh, yeah. Zach Zach is uh, Keanu James's boyfriend, right? We we've all figured that out now.
0: Um, not her cousin. Is that what? Because I cause I, th- I feel like it's it's Briggs. No,
1: Briggs is too dumb. That was what that whole thing was. Was was we thought he was gonna go in there and and hit on her and 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 end up macking on her, possibly trying to parlay that into a threesome with the secretary of some way. But he's too dumb to know that. Because he thought the flowers were from uh mm. were from the mm. other guy.
0: You're right. Okay, the Virgin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And remember, Zach
1: the cousin snuck out the back door uh, during the date. It, was, it wasn't a, uh, oh, here's my cousin, and you get to meet him, and he's going to leave and leave you two alone. He snuck out the back door. Old Zach is, uh... <laughs> I hope it's Dragon Lee, but it's not. <laughs> hey, I'm dating Dragon Lee. This is how we're going to introduce him. I call him Zach. <laughs>
0: Dragons, <laughs> yeah. His first name is Dragon Zach Lee.
1: Yes, that's right. <laughs> Dragon Zach Lee, <laughs> and that's how we introduce, we introduce him into this ridiculous storyline.
0: Fuck yeah! I'm gonna be, Let's go. Let's
1: go. Let's do it. Come on! It can't be any worse. <clears throat> oh. So, did we just blow off the entire breakup of Toxic Attraction on this show?
0: Yeah, because it didn't work and they knew it. Like, 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 yeah, They're like, going like,
1: behind the wrong person, though, Chris. Gigi
0: Dolan has nothing. I, I'm sorry. I, she No, she has nothing. I know. She has
1: the charisma of a rock to me in terms of I, this story.
0: Yeah, but they, they... they like, she's just... Like JCJ. This match wasn't good, by the way. No, I know, I know. That's that's the other part. That of this, was
1: disappointing. Right? I was hoping that they'd at least have a decent
0: match. But yeah, no, Gigi stinks.
1: Yeah, and JC's been cooled down with God, that promo that they had her cut a couple weeks ago was just awful. Uh,
0: the uh, the promo stinks. Her music stinks. Her outfits stink. Like they just they they. She are... didn't
1: rebrand after the breakup.
0: No. No, she's doing the Roman Reigns like the shield thing. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm still going to wear the vest for the first
0: (laughs) For like three years. Yeah,
1: for three years after this. Yeah, I mean, she should have said look, if she hated Toxic Attraction that much, she comes back in totally new repackaging. And uh, Yeah, uh, there wasn't much else on this NXT show that I I really liked. I mean, I I like I like Pretty Deadly as, as as fops, don't get me wrong. Uh,
0: but I'm not really interested in this deadly versus Gallus feud.
1: No, and the, yeah. and then the, the Braun Breaker Carmelo Hayes thing was there was a note off in there, and I don't I don't know where to put my finger on it.
0: Yeah, they don't. There's a mutual respect there, but you know Carmelo's a jerk. It's the Trick Williams thing, right? Like, what does Trick Williams add to that act? Nothing. Nothing. He, he like he he's what makes. He when there's like inconsistencies with Carmelo, it's almost always like, Oh yeah, we have to do stuff with Trick Williams, too. Like Or so- or it's
1: he's giving in too much to uh, whoever he's talking to. And this is a big problem under Triple H. Uh when Triple H was a wrestler, and you'd have people fighting Triple H and the good guys would always to go, I respect you, Triple H, but type of a thing. Carmelo Hayes should be giving Braun Breaker nothing. Carmelo Hay should be the cockiest dude in the entire place. He should be MVP when MVP was MVP. Like the original MVP when he came out, when he was doing Terrell Owens cosplay. Carmelo Hay should have that kind of swagger. Carmelo Uh, Hay should have flair swagger coming out there where nobody's better than me right now type of a thing. But instead, they want to kind of, they want to play into his popularity. So they kind of go, hey, we were the last two standing after this. Type of a thing like that shared experience where Carmelo Hayes would not be, he would not be uh, sentimental about such things. He's like, I want your name up in those rafters with the other losers, type of a thing. I think that's what they're missing here. I think they really want to baby Carmelo.
0: They've never been fully committed to him as a heel, right? That when you, certain matches, he is presented as a tweener figure fairly frequently, um, they don't mind booking him against heels where he would be perceived as the baby face. Yeah. And all that would be fine for this. His character maybe didn't have the one note trick Williams. Who's just like do bad things. Like that's basically his character.
1: He, he's top dollar with a little more uh, athleticism.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather uh, you know take a, a high spot from Trick Williams than top dollar.
1: <laughs> uh, I have nothing else. Do
0: you? Um, Moist Championship Wrestling.
1: <laughs> no, a oh, Moist Wrestling League. You mean?
0: Yeah, Moist Wrestling League. Yeah. Oh, they. God. They did over nine hundred thousand views, on YouTube last week. How many do you attribute to you? You know, I hadn't really thought about a hard number, right? <laughs> but like, let's sit here. Let's, let's hold on. They work. had
1: nine hundred thousand views.
0: Yeah, like let that's me, let more me... than this week's AEW
1: Dynamite, by the way, which had eight hundred thirty-five thousand viewers.
0: I, and uh, like, I hate to say <laughs> it, but this says something about what people actually want out of this business. It's at nine hundred seventy-nine thousand views at the time of this taping. Okay, that was six days ago.
1: Who's watching? This has to be people who have autoplay on in their background or something. Nobody's seeking out this. No, dude.
0: Charlie has a huge fan base. Charlie, I mean his. Okay, what happened on this week's show? Um, they haven't they haven't put out this week's episode yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but like, I mean, his initial announcement video for this got two million views, and uh, yeah, Moist Wrestling League got nearly a million, which again is, is kind of like. It's kind of, like, wild to think about, like, oh, huh, maybe we're missing what current consumers, people who might actually watch wrestling want out of a wrestling show these days.
1: Okay, well, well let me take this seriously, then, for a second. What do you think moist wrestling has that that people want out of a wrestling show? Big characters?
0: I think it's one – It. It is indie. It's like indie enough in its vibe that it allows for, like, sort of a sense of absurdism. Okay. Um, I, I do think the big characters thing, and like in this particular case, lots of comedy. I also think the thing it's got going for it is that it's short. And so, like, I think you know, like the, that episode was uh, what 16 minutes and 42 seconds. Um, I think that's a lot more in line with the level of time that people have for content in a lot of cases. Way yeah. more likely to get people to sit down and watch a 30-minute product or a one-hour product.
1: There you go. Let, let's stop doing Ring of Honor and things like that. Let's just go and uh, make 15-minute YouTube videos. I think All with Mark Briscoe.
0: <laughs> all Mark Briscoe. All just, Mark Briscoe. Uh, Mark Briscoe launching a Twitch channel would be awesome.
1: Well, I, I think Mark Briscoe has far more important things to do than to, than to do dumb stuff on Twitch, to be honest with you. Although I love he, Mark Briscoe. What
0: if he won the championship on Twitch? Okay, there we go. There we go. That's
1: all I am, I uh, by the way, uh, one more unrepentant stupidity thing. I love the team of Chelsea Green and Carmella. And I'd so desperately want a feud with the Iconics, but I don't think I'll ever get it. <laughs> no, it'd be think, fun. I, uh, Carmella. I don't know, yeah, she's attractive, but she also just goes to eleven in terms of just going in and being completely into whatever she's doing, even if it even if it fails miserably and I respect that
0: i respect I also think that she's always found or not always but often on I mean, multiple times throughout her career found a way to like outkick her coverage, yes, with storylines, yes and yeah, that's a real test, she's been a she's been a real success story.
1: Yeah, if, if I could get Corey to stop yelling on commentary about her, uh, she'd be much better off. But yeah, no, uh, I think Chelsea Green is a perfect match for her. I just, I don't know what they're doing with her. They brought her back just to kill her, it seems. And so at least she has something to do now. But uh, let's end it there. You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. I'll be doped up on cough medicine all weekend. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. We are part of the Voices Wrestling Podcasting Network, uh, various fandoms. If you hey, check out all our shows, why not? You know, you got something to listen to this weekend? No, go listen to the Flagship, go listen to Music of the Mat, go listen to Open the Voice Gate, go listen to Five Star Match Game, go listen to Days of Thunder, etc., etc., etc. The Good, the Bad, the Hungy, our uh, semi new AEW focused only show etc i do a show on fight game media patreon.com slash fight game media for five bucks a month called the dynamite show uh it is uh directly after we record start starting about 10 minutes after dynamite uh ends hot takes thorough deconstruction of all things aew that's where i pretty much bring most of my opinions of this show uh chris uh does various things on social media he's gonna tell them about you now
0: yeah, you can find me on the Instagram. I will be posting some dates for my uh, upcoming or my upcoming shows as well uh, with uh, Hondo Coyote and also uh, my duo act. Um, you can find that at Instagram.com slash Dr. Nov. Dr. Doctor, uh, D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. That's Dr. Nove on Instagram. If you're interested in guitar lessons, so lessons- much like the Mr. Plow commercial. <laughs> Mr. Plow, 1-800. Yeah. That's my name. That name is, again, again is, is Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Good shit. Um. So, yes, <laughs> I also teach music lessons. If you're interested in learning how to mix music, play guitar, play bass, play drums, music theory, need a friend. All of these services <laughs> are available. People are buying friends now. Oh, people have been buying friends, Hawkins. People been out there buying friends. I'm just saying I'm throwing my hat into the ring. Why not? It doesn't have to be music lessons. We can just hang out. Whatever. <laughs> it's all up to you.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hit me up on the Instagram.
1: <laughs> to quote John Mellencamp, let me give you some good advice, my old man. You better learn to play guitar. We'll see you next week.
5: Done.